Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, blockchain now powers parts of China's social credit system. Venezuela opposition block from using Bitcoin to pay health staff. And in our main story, the ICC says more people now can invest. And to talk about that, we have on the CFO of Celsius Network, Harumi Urata Thompson, all coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Today is Thursday, August 27, 2020. And I want to say I hope everybody is having a great week. Lots of things are happening in the news around the country right now. The USA, of course. The USA, the country I'm in. A lot of things are happening. And I hope everybody is not engaging in Twitter, Facebook, or other social media fights. It is not useful. It's not useful. Sharing the memes probably not useful. Sharing the misinformation is probably not useful. And even if you do send the right factual information to try to defend or have conversations in text boxes or comment boxes or over on instant messengers is probably not useful. Y'all sit down with somebody, open up a Zoom call, have a conversation. If not, relax, just breathe. Things are going to be okay. And at least I hope so. And you have to be optimistic, especially in the crypto space because of the price fluctuations. Let's see what's going on with those crypto prices. I'm scared to look. Let's see what's going on. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is at $11,336, down 1.4% from yesterday. Ethereum. 383, 23, down 1.5% from yesterday. Litecoin, 5604, down 4.2% from yesterday. Chainlink, 1456, down 4.8% from yesterday. And XRP, 26.4 cents, down 5.1% from yesterday. I, I, I said I wasn't optimistic about these prices. Prices fluctuate all over the place. Again, y'all, oh, did I see Bitcoin down 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 days in a row? of bitcoin falling prices this is like the walmart rollback prices you know i was at walmart the other day and i picked up shower curtain rings shower curtain rings you know what they cost 89 cents like how do they even make prices that cheap this is like this is like xrp prices total market cap for oil cryptocurrency 352.4 billion dollars bitcoin dominance 59.4 percent where is dave portnoy to save bitcoin in air quotes wanker In our main story today, the SEC is rethinking how investment works. Is it only for the rich or is it for everyone? And I'm joined by Harumi, the CFO of Celsius Network, to talk about it. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you here. Today, we're talking about the SEC. And you know what? I think it's good news because poor people like me that don't have money that might want to invest can maybe start investing. You don't have to have a million dollars of net worth and $200,000 of income. Can you tell me a little bit about what the SEC just said about people and their ability to maybe invest in the future? 
Yeah, so I mean, as as you said, I mean, uh, the the threshold has been lowered. So people who don't necessarily meet this kind of criteria, uh, the one million assets, two hundred thousand uh, dollars income throughout the year, uh, are now able to invest into private securities and other things that they were prohibited from. Which I do believe, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it depends on the, the kind of job titles that they have, the functions that they have in the in the economy. And then I do believe that it makes sense. And some people may know, you know, may understand. And the, the investing seem very well, but uh, they may not necessarily meet the criteria for one reason or another. But if they choose to do so, I think that actually makes sense rather than just cutting it right off at the hard number. I know that uh, Hester Pierce said she's looking forward to the mom and pop investor to move in. But what is the mom and pop investor? You, you can either be an accredited investor or mom and pop, and then you cannot be both. So, you know, that one is, uh, I think, you know, I, th- I think the clarification that really is needed here is that are you a type of investor who can actually assess and understand the risks of go investing your money into something that is not so liquid. So maybe with the moment notice, maybe because you need the cash or maybe because the market is moving really fast, you cannot buy, you cannot sell. That's a, you know, you, you can be both right to understand that. Um, but uh, so, so I think that th- that was a very uh, unique way of, I think, describing the situation, in my opinion. Is this all cut and dry now that the SEC says and now it's law or is it now it's like the golden rule or does it have more things to like, is there legal aspects to it? Is there Congress aspects to this now? You know, since I'm not a lawyer, you know, I'm not going to address it from the legal point of view. But anything when something that was in place for years and years and decades, right, something like this, um, are about to change, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to provide feedback, and uh, there are a lot of people who want to who want to say, like, you know, th- those are like naysayers just because they can, and then they have to listen to everyone who, you know, who, who want to provide feedback to kind of finish saying what they have to say. So probably it's not going to be like cut and dry okay today going forward these numbers will be lifted these numbers will be changed i don't think it's going to go quite like that but at the same time i mean no i i do believe that if you're a responsible individual and you know what you're getting yourself into you can you know how to analyze the company or the the, the entities that you're about to invest into if you are a reasonable enough uh, you know individual why not that's my re- that, that's my take so what does this mean for the crypto space? I mean, I, I, anybody can buy Bitcoin at this point. Uh, so is this going to change the landscape of maybe STOs, ICOs, DeFi projects, or any kind of industries or new companies that are going to start utilizing Bitcoin or blockchain? Well, so as you said, uh, Matthew, anybody can buy Bitcoins today. So just because this uh, lowering the threshold has come, I don't think it's going to change the uh, sort of like, you know, uh, the landscape of how we use Bitcoin or any other coins will change dramatically just like that. Because, I mean, if 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 a credit card company or if the retail shops or if you know if the, the utility companies were not taking bitcoins yesterday there's no reason for them to actually think about what is going to change though really is that because like you know uh, celsius included a lot of companies registered their tokens as security at the time of ico and then maybe some people some entities still do have that kind of status for their coins we don't have the rest of the coins registered as the security if you will with a quotation mark around it but we do treat it as if so there are certain restrictions especially for the u.s investors and to a certain extent foreign investors as well because i mean there are certain restrictions of what investors 
can do when they purchase these uh, uh, registered securities uh, and they sell them back into the U.S. They have to wait for three months and whatnot. So um, what is really going to change is what you know we can possibly do with those coins, tokens that are classified under or are still treated as uh, the registered, like Reg D securities, as we call it, uh, Reg D coins, as we call it. A lot more people are going to be able to buy them if you choose to do so. I mean, I'll just borrow the words that were used earlier, mom and pops. Mom and pops who may not have bought certain sort of project coins, like maybe small amount to start uh, because they really like the concept of, you know, certain projects or they really agree with the sort of philosophy that the project runs on, uh, they can now buy this. So on that end, I think we, we could see some changes to come. In a, in a big picture, like you know, if we're talking about something like Bitcoins or Ether, uh, who buys them, how it's utilized or anything beyond that, I don't think we're going to see any immediate change. But this is a great news. And anytime exciting news comes like this, gets reflected in the market. The market is as much logics as sort of mental psychology, right? So, I mean, there, there could be a little bit of a positive move overall, but uh, the real positives are for the small projects that have the coins that they may not have been able to sell to the uh, not, uh, you know, accredited investors before. I'm a skeptic when it comes to most things. When you make rules like this, and you tell me if I'm wrong, this is totally opinion based, by the way. When you change rules like this, rules that have been working, rules that have protected uh, certain people from investing and losing their houses or you know their life savings, um, when you allow more people into the market, it's been working. People have been investing fine. The stock market is great. Businesses have been, uh, you know, innovation has been flourishing. Businesses have been created. Are we looking at the health of the economy when you're trying to open up the market and more people to invest? Or are they trying to say, well, maybe we just need more money to come into the market because we're kind of hurting? Or is this actually a fairness equity sort of stance on the issue? So, I mean, you know, there are a lot of other things that if, if you really want, there are a lot of other things that are available to people today that people can uh, create unhealthy situation of their economy, right? I mean, and let's say the credit cards or even the, you know, even the liquid securities, right? Something that you can just go to exchange and buy and sell without having any kind of qualification, if you will. I mean, uh, even those, I mean, if you overinvest, if you like, you know, I mean, if you overinvest, if you don't know what you're doing, you can hurt yourself. So indeed, I think this is a way of, you know, the whole economy kind of saying that we trust you and we don't have to baby you. Um, we, we can and I think that this is actually becoming maybe even more liquid than some other like, you know, securities that you have been able to invest or the credit cards on your hands. I do think that this is just the extension of that. I mean, look, we, we can do everything that we can do to try to protect the people. But if the people don't want to be protected, there are a lot of other ways that you know we can, we can go against the protection, right? And um, I think this is just a way of having a little bit more liberation on our hands. Again, opinion opinion about this. You know, sometimes when it comes to as we see in cryptocurrencies, it's not the gains that really that really hurt you or the losses because those are expected. Hey, I, I made a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. I got a hundred bucks of profits. Oh, I lost a hundred bucks, I lost my hundred bucks, mm-hmm. or, or what have you. It's the after effect. It's the taxes. It's the not understanding how capital gains work. It's not understanding how to claim on your income. It's not understanding how to even claim at all. Do you think that this could hurt people by just those eyes not being dotted, those T's not being crossed? 
I would be more afraid of that than actually people buying and selling. I totally agree with you there, Matthew. I mean, even myself, like, you know, I mean, owning tokens now and um, me being a part of a Celsius network and then owning a, a good good amount of sell token, right? It's, it's always on the back of my head when I sell this or when I go into this, like, you know, sell options um i was of uh, the vesting you know sort of vested schedule of the of the position of sales when this year this this sort of like you know end of year comes what what does that actually mean to my tax it does scare me a little bit but at the same time like you know, my my biggest fear is actually from owning the tokens but not being able to sell because of the way these tokens are classified today so mm-hmm. rather than kind of like individual owning and buying and selling because if you have a property right let's just call it property in the, in the big picture sense if you have a property that you buy this year and then you take profit at the end of the maybe you lose it you, you kind of reflect it into normal capital gain capital loss kind of situation right but because it's a security it's a private security or it's treated as private security today and we don't know exactly what it means to me because I'm not able to sell them for a whole year, right? Um, right. That aspect scares me far more than, say, like an owning a, a, a very liquid, um, you know, securities that I can buy and sell as I choose because it's not a registered security with quotation mark around it, um, so that you know I, I don't have to necessarily hold on to it for a whole year, or I don't have to be afraid of like you know foreign investors accidentally selling the securities. I mean, securities that these tokens uh, back into the U.S. economy in less than three months. I don't have to monitor them. I mean, these things actually, I am more interested in seeing how these things will develop rather than like individuals. It's the status of these uh, tokens themselves. Well, I can say right now, if you, the CFO of Celsius, uh, is confused, then I very much worry for the landscapers and the uh, line cooks that might start investing and have to figure out their the tax law and how to navigate their long-term capital gains and uh, income tax prep. Thank you very much, Harumi, for coming on the show and explaining and talking about this current event. Matthew, I really enjoyed talking with you. So thank you very much for letting me a part of your show. And another news. Hey, let's check in with Evan Shapiro of Coda to talk running nodes on the network. So, Coda, running nodes, education, hooking people up, teaching people how to do this. Tell me about that, sir. Uh, running codes on Coda is already like very particularly easy um, because the blockchain is just so lightweight. So we're working on a program to help community members teach other community members how to run nodes so we can really grow the community and grow the number of node operators on Coda. And I love doing one-on-ones. What is a node, sir? A node. A, a node on a cryptocurrency network is a software you run on your computer that connects to the peer-to-peer network of a cryptocurrency, helps broadcast transactions, um, helps broadcast the current state, and you can participate in consensus and then help secure the network. And why would that secure the network? Well, if you're participating in consensus, then you're one of the parties that are responsible for the chain moving from one state to the next. And the more parties that are doing that, the more parties you have to break if you're an adversary, um, if you'd want to corrupt the network, you know, in a very simplified version. So the way that I sometimes look at this, and tell me if I'm wrong, is like a classroom. If you ask like a classroom of, let's just say eight-year-olds, 20 of them 
uh, who's the first president of the United States? And and half of them, 10 of them say Abraham Lincoln and the other half says George Washington. And then you convince like the other ha- or other five of the students to say George Washington. You have 15 verse five. That means that, that means 15 people have consensus and that makes it more secure that that might be the right answer. Is that kind of how it works? Yes, except that I would say that um, people participating in cryptocurrency networks are generally very educated and know exactly what's going on on these networks um, versus like, like, like a bunch of kindergartners. <laughs> But but that's kind of the point of running of running a node and having consensus. It's not it's not trust. It's verify. You don't have to even be smart. You just have to or you have to verify over and over and over again the information that you're proposing, right? Totally. And as the number of people go up, you can be like increasingly sure that that that's like the right move for you to make because there's more people involved that are making the decision. So that means more eight year olds that say George Washington. The more confident we are that George Washington is the first president of the United States. Sure. Yes. <laughs> 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 so with running a node on Coda, what do you want people to get out of this besides just running a node? What do you want to get for the blockchain? What do you want to get out of the individual? So, so more security. Um, so the more people that are participating in Coda, the more that secure the network will be because the more people being consensus like we just talked about, but also the more people that will have like a direct stake in the, really the community and building out the protocol. I think everyone should participate in these networks. Like literally everyone should be involved in consensus as possible. And this is like a step towards us doing that. One other aspect of having more nodes and more people um, running nodes on a network is to prevent 51% attacks. Is that also a reason that you guys are doing this? Uh, yeah, it definitely helps with the security. Like if we have more people that are involved, like it'll definitely be harder to run an attack. So it, it, it's it's going to be, I think, hopefully one of the most uh, decentralized networks um, by the time we launch and then increasingly from there on after. Excellent. So how can people find the education to set up their own node? So it's all happening on our Discord. So we have a channel where like, the team, community members, everyone's very helpful and chiming in. It's a very friendly community on uh, teaching new people how to run nodes, talking about the software, talking about the technology. Uh, so you can find it there on our Discord. Wonderful. And that link is going to be in the description. Thank you very much, Evan, for popping on. Yeah, thank you. China is now using blockchain for its social credit system. Right now, what happens is the social credit system is siloed between provinces or provincial borders, meaning that you can't transfer the data between province to province. Let me tell you something. If you have ever been to China, you know that people move a lot, move around a lot. We're talking about the population or one and a half times the population of the United States moving around to other cities, other provinces for work or other things. And in quote from Decrypt, while many perceive blockchain to be a tool for popular liberation, it's being used in China to increase state monitoring individuals. End quote. And my opinion to that quote is that that's a very American-centric or Western-centric way to phrase that about China's social credit system. But nonetheless, that's what they're doing with it. And in Venezuela, millions of dollars aimed at helping healthcare workers is stuck in limbo because the cryptocurrency exchange helping this project has been blocked. Venezuela's opposition has launched a project to get $17 million to healthcare workers in the country using crypto exchanges. But the project is struggling due to the website being blocked in the country. Venezuelans are slowly but surely finding ways to access the funds. However, ouch. We're talking about healthcare. We're talking about paying people. We're talking about taking care of people. They have to find a way. My buddy Ernesto Contreras, what's going on with Dash Pay, my brother? Let us know. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Make sure you're subscribed. Please leave us a rating and a comment and share the news. The only way we can get mass adoption is by bringing them the news. What's going on? And if you want more news in the palm of your hand or in your pocket or wherever your cell phone is, 
make sure you download the app on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.